Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. This week, we're in Vianne, Oklahoma, talking with Lindsay Sullivan, who recently opened a lifestyle gym called The Field House. She's sharing how she brought what had been a dream in her heart for over five years to life by restoring a vacant building on Main Street. Plus, how she's helping shift the mindset of a gym membership being a luxury item to being a healthy lifestyle option and how her community is really embracing it. So here we go with Lindsay Sullivan. Well, we're here today in Vianne, Oklahoma with Lindsay Sullivan. She's the owner of The Field House. Yes, welcome to Vianne, the only one in the world. We're so glad to have you. It's so good to be here. Well, we actually have something in common that we figured out. We are both Iowa girls. We do, and Iowans stick together, hardcore. (laughs) (laughs) Kindred spirits already. Yes. So tell us about growing up in Iowa and then what brought you here to Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, well, what was very similar um, was my small town in Iowa to here, so it transitioned really well. Um, but, I, you know, I just I grew up in a, in a family that was very humbling and, and taught me how, how to be a hard worker. So uh, luckily that was, that's been able to transition into business. My dad had his own business uh, for over 25 years. Um, and my mom worked worked hard at the courthouse uh, to make sure that we had insurance and that extra income. And so uh, I'm so thankful for for their leadership in this. And I still use qualities that they taught me in my day to day now. I love that. So what took you away from Iowa? And <laughs> you kind of went away to Oklahoma and ended up staying your life here. I yeah. did. Um, and it's it's worked out really well. Um, as soon as I came to Vianne, I knew that it was home. Uh, but I went to school at Oklahoma City University, uh, where I obtained my bachelor's in, in broadcasting, mass communications, and then I finished out a master's in science in exercise science, which is, uh, you know, transitioned perfectly into my business as well, where I have the marketing and the broadcasting and the PR skills to help promote my passion, which is, is exercise and, and getting people healthy in the right way. And then uh, it, it's actually a funny story. My now sister-in-law was a classmate of mine in broadcasting. And the first day that she walked into class, I knew we were going to hit it off right away. Uh, and she, we always joke she had yellow sweatpants on and I had sweatpants on. And, you know, we're broadcasters and they're trying to teach us to you dress professional and you are, you start this in college because there may be employers watching and and we both had sweatpants on. So I thought she's my girl. And, uh, you know, fast forward two years later, she introduced me to her brother, Casey, um, who I literally felt like I had known forever uh, when I invited him back to Iowa the first time. My dad is one of those really likable guys that you know, is a staple in the community. And, and Casey, uh, you know, he's, you know, always kind of gives tough love to the new boyfriend or whatever. And, and Casey, uh, just showed up and there was a guy that my dad was selling something to. And he said, Casey, uh, I'm going to sell this guy something out here. And Casey said, I'll come out with you. And, uh, dad came back and he said, oh my gosh, that SOB can sell ice to an Eskimo. (laughs) And so from there, they've just been <laughs> literally the best of friends. Um, and he reminds me of my grandpa Stormy, who I named my daughter after. So obviously, uh, 
he's he's thought of very highly in my family. Um, and so we moved here. We started a little family, you know, in a 10-year time frame. So it wasn't always easy, but he actually, he's a business minded person. I am not a risk taker at all. He calls me the risk assessor, actually, because, (laughs) you know, I don't jump off cliffs and do any kind of parachuting, anything like that. Like, I'm weighing the possibility of me dying or something going wrong. And he just kind of lives life, you know, and and that comes from his side of the family being risk takers in business and in life and in stuff. And um, he always says, a big risk is big reward. So, um, Anyways, he came back to his hometown and and wanted to engage somehow. So he built a subway. Um, He wanted to bring something healthy to town that he thought would last. Uh, He didn't have aspirations of always being a subway owner or anything like that. But he came and he built the building himself. So he learned how to build. And then he built a loft on top of it. And he uh, lived up there, ran the subway, um, and it's still running today. We've obviously sold the building and the franchise, but we lived in that little loft for the first two years of being together. And so we thought that was always so cool. And when he sold the, the business but maintained ownership of the building, he made uh, – in the contract it said he got one free sub a day. So when we were <laughs> pouring in love, we would, we would split a, a foot long every day and, and kind of pick which one got to pick the meat on it that night. So <laughs> so funny of stories there. But from there, he's um, really built his business and, uh, and gave me the encouragement to take that risk as well. I mean, gym ownerships, when I called the first banker, they said it's basically like giving a 16-year-old a Corvette. <laughs> so that was not super encouraging, but... Uh, I've been knocked down before, and you just get back up. And um, if you believe in something, you're passionate enough about something, then and you put the hard work in, then you know anything is possible. So, so far, so good with the field house. So I love it. <laughs> well, what gave you the idea for this? I mean, obviously, it's a little bit in your background with your studies and stuff, but well, uh, to be honest, I thought about this this gym for five years. So this building was vacant for over 20 years, um, lots of water damage roof. So I knew the undertaking was going to be not only huge for labor wise for my husband, but a financial burden for a second. Right. So I had to really think about, um, how I wanted to, to do it. And I spent five years of business planning. So I ran numbers of obviously population, health concerns. Um, we're, one of the poorest counties in Oklahoma. So the thought of a gym, most people think is a luxury item, is a gym membership, where I want it to be a lifestyle option. Like eating and the gym are equal to me um, in order to sustain that healthy lifestyle. And uh, if you look at any of the research now, it is saying that exercise is the number one thing to do for mental health, social health, obviously physical health, uh, one study I'll just say really quickly about mental health, which is huge in our in our country and our world right now. Everything is being attributed to poor mental health. Um, doctors are now saying go get a gym membership for 30 days before we put on, put you on an antidepressant because the same endorphins that w- are released during uh, medication for um, depression or anything like that mental health illness, those same endorphins are released after 20 minutes of exercise on a treadmill. So it's just incredible. And the problem is, is people don't have this knowledge or um, information to understand how important it is. You know, it's the old 
way of thinking that, you know, it's either a luxury item or the, the task is hard to do. Everybody knows they should be exercising and they know that it's important for every aspect of their life. But to get here is, is the hard part, you know, to dedicate 30 minutes. I mean, we sit on Facebook for 30 minutes and that's what I tell (laughs) people, you know, and I've tried to knock down any barriers that could stop people from coming here. I'm as cheap as I can possibly be uh, to keep my lights on, right? Yeah. Um, But I also have childcare three days a week that is included in their membership. I include all the classes into their membership. So anything to motivate people through the door, give the moms that 30-minute break to refresh and renew without their kids pulling on their legs. Like these are battles that I found myself as as a, you know, most of the time I was a stay-at-home mom. I taught Uh, two days a week would get me out of the house for an hour and a half. But, you know, for the most part, I was a stay-at-home mom, and I just there was never just that relief for 30 minutes to take care of myself. So I did it for them. I did it for the older generation that can't get in a car and drive 45 minutes to the nearest gym. You know, and and I thought that I was doing a disservice to this area by not – I studied hard. I have a – and not in a bragging way because I went to a private school that was – very expensive, and I'm just saying that because I was not using what I'm paying for every month, uh-huh. you know, to pass it forward. Yeah. So um, this helps me kind of uh, feel better about paying those student loans each month, um, that I'm at least passing this knowledge on that I went and sat in class for to help the greater good and as many people as I possibly can. So Vian is very special as in community support and rallying behind. And I'm the only gym, you know, within a 25 to 30 minute radius. Um, and I feel like I'm the gym owner that's the most passionate about what I do. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm worried about paying my bills. Uh, but at the end of the day, where I get my success is people's happiness and their, uh, their journey to a, a healthier lifestyle. That's great. Well, tell us a little bit about what you offer here. Okay. And kind of how you even came up with that, because I'm sure that was a bit daunting. Like, what do we, you know, how do we narrow this down to fit this town and this community? Yes, it is very daunting. As you, you know, there was many nights that I would just lay awake and, and I feel like the idea kept coming back to me, kept coming back to me. And so at that point, I thought, okay, then this is some type of sign that it'll work. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm willing to put the hard work in, and I'm willing to, I, you know, I just love people and them coming in, and nobody leaves a gym unhappy. That's the greatest thing about my job. Everybody's excited for themselves and prideful about their work that they put in. And so the field house I call, I don't know if I've coined the term or what, but I call it a lifestyle gym. So I don't... With my studies, I don't believe in crazy fads. Um, I guess however you want to get fit is great for you, but I don't believe in CrossFit um, because that's not my population of people. So 80% of people that walk through my doors have probably never been inside of a gym ever. So to throw box jumps and tire throwing, you know, that that's not where I'm headed towards my market. So if I can get people to come in and walk on a treadmill for 15 to 20 minutes a day and then do three to four strength exercises, like I feel like I have conquered the world. And so we do have a couple classes, yoga, which is popular and well-known and will draw outsiders to come help sustain the business. 
Um, and then we do a boot camp that is very low level, um, middle-aged women and men type feel. So we do lots of calisthenic stuff using their own body weight in order for them to be able to transition that. So if they travel for their job, they can feel like they can do all these exercises that we're teaching them in a hotel room. So they don't need all these fancy, you know, pieces of equipment in order to sustain this lifestyle outside of the field house. So I do have cable machines, which I really believe in. And they had a stigma like, you know, a lot of people didn't like them because the free weights do so much more. But to me, that's totally false. Cable machines, make sure they do the right movement so there's the injury risk is way less it's easy and efficient to change the weights out. So, you know, we're not chasing around big plates and, and trying, you know, the older generation or women are trying to pick up these plates and put them on. And, and if you just have a barbell and weights, it's just people aren't creative enough to figure out or they're, you know, they just don't have the knowledge to know what to do with this barbell. So there's 15 pieces of Cybex, everything from chest press to bicep curls to hamstring. It literally covers everything, right? 15 machines. So when I was studying the business plan and figuring out what would work for this market and I'd have the highest success rate, I, I knew Cybex was what I wanted to do. Uh, and they're just cable machines. So I have a whiteboard that I put a workout on every day. So people that are coming in, it's literally, uh, it'll say arm curl and it corresponds with the, the machine name. So all my machines have the name arm curl on it and then it shows you what movement you need to do. So, and it has a a picture description, and it has uh, words describing what to do. So, basically, you can't get it wrong. Uh, so, yeah. you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to help the people that sometimes I can't be here 24 hours. I'm a mom of three kids under five years old. I try to be here. I'm, I'm here almost 40 hours a week, and really during the hot times, um, people that come at 5 a.m. and 8 p.m., they know what they're doing for the yeah. most part. You know, so the bulk people that come 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., Sometimes they need assistance, and that's, you know, what I'm here for. So that's, you know, really what the, the field house strives to be is just that lifestyle gym where I just encourage people to just show up. And I said it's a mind game. So just confuse yourself and say, I, I only, I'm only going to walk on the treadmill for five minutes. And then you get here and you turn on the treadmill, and you're always going to go longer. But the hardest task is coming through that front door and making yourself have time to get here. Yeah, I love it. And you have kind of encompassed this live your best life lifestyle with some other things that you're offering here at the gym, too. Yes. So um, one, I wanted to give entrepreneurs in our area a space to thrive in. In smaller communities like this, having your own storefront may not be feasible. But if we all combine resources and efforts, it can totally be feasible. And so we have a lady that cuts men's, women's and children's hair um, in our loft area, uh, we build a 1,200-square-foot loft and house private rooms. And then we have a nail tech um, that's been doing nails for 25 years. And we kind of seamlessly do the health through her. She, does, she doesn't use any of the electric files on the nails. So she really is worried about the health of the nail bed. Um, and she's had a, uh, you know, a great following there and has built already her clientele in just the six short months that she's been here. And then we just added a massage therapist uh, about three weeks ago 
and people are very excited about massages, as you can, <laughs> as you probably know. <laughs> Nobody's going to be mad about massages. And then spray tans, which are that healthy glow that people can get. Um, and we have, we in little towns, we still have the proms and the little eighth grade dances and the dance recitals and weddings and stuff. So um, she has also had a, a great opportunity of being able to be that small town entrepreneur without having the overhead of a building and electric because here we just have one electric bill and one water bill where if you have four separate businesses then I mean you there's a minimum payment on water and electric that they have to pay so here we just combined basically five businesses into one I love that so you worked on your business plan for five years and you're not a risk taker, what was kind of the defining moment where you were finally like, I'm going for it. I don't care. Like, I'm going to do this. Yes. Well, I, I, was, I was actually put into a position to have to make a decision instantly, which I do not like. Like, I am a planner. <laughs> I am not a procrastinator. And I had planned, right? But I just hadn't take that initial, like, the next plunge, like, the big, the big step. Um and so it was funny because a year in April, I was going to do it, right? I had my mind set. I got sick. Long story short, I was pregnant with my third baby, William. So I was, you know, a little selfishly devastated because I, was, I could see the light of this new business. And I'd been a mom for four years, just that. And, and you lose your identity a little bit over, you know, career plans and and motherhood is the greatest accomplishment I've ever done, and I would not take a minute back. But at that, you know, at that point, I was like, "Well, this is my sign to not do it, right?" Mm -hmm. So I thought, "Well, that maybe that's just it. Maybe there's just I'm just meant to drive 45 minutes to a gym." And so the year went through, and um, I just I was teaching at the time at NSU um, broadcasting actually. And so I just continued to teach and keep my head up. And my doctor was really sweet. She was like, Lindsay, if it'll happen in, you know, the right time. So I said, okay, that's probably good advice. So I went through and in the next April, a year later, my little William was about four months old. A guy that had been looking for equipment for me called and said, hey, I have these 15 pieces of Cybex hitting. They'll be gone by Friday. So you've got to make a decision like in the next two days. And I was like, oh, my God, I hadn't even talked to the lady about the building. I knew, like, I couldn't, I didn't know if my husband had the time to redo it. The <laughs> funds, obviously. I mean, yeah. you know, a business plan trying to convince somebody to open a gym in a town of 1,200 people was not going to be, you know, easy at all. So, it, obviously, it all worked out. So, I called the lady. I pitched her my idea of what I wanted to bring here. And I was going to bring my kids to work every day, which is why I wanted to do it. And she loved it and said, okay. And I said, what is your bottom dollar that I can buy for your building? Um, so she gave me that. It worked out. I ordered the equipment, put a down payment on a credit card, hope for the best. Um, and I, I said, now listen, I, I can't get this equipment for like six or seven months because the building will not be done. And we like literally took out the whole storefront. So I couldn't even like store things in here. There's nowhere to put it. There's yeah. nowhere to put it. We had to rebuild the back wall, cinder block. Um, it's a hundred foot long building by 35 foot wide. Um, and so the brick was so old that we had to remortar the entire hundred foot wall. Wow. Because when the wind blew, you, you would, would see feel dust it. coming. Oh, yes. oh my goodness. Yes. So we, you know, we did as much stuff as we could to also be economically friendly so we put something on the roof that reflects 88 percent of the heat 
So, and it seals it for 25 years. So we don't have to worry about leaks. And then we put spray foam um, in the ceiling to help with, you know, electric costs and, and seal it as well. Um, and thankful for my husband that has really mad skills because <laughs> this would not be possible for most people, unfortunately, just because he was willing to sacrifice uh, his time and efforts and um obviously some of his money to to do this to make this dream come true but that just shows that he believes in me and I pursued it for five years that he knew I probably wasn't going to shut up about it until <laughs> until we yeah. made it happen um so anyways then we um from April till September 20th is about when we opened um and we did like a soft opening where people could just come and see everyone was so excited to know what and you have all these opinions like oh man I thought it was gonna be a pool hall or <laughs> um I'm like oh my gosh just be happy that there's a open business yeah. in town so in case he told me like have thick skin people's gonna have their opinions you just you know reiterate your passion and why you wanted to do this for the town and so I kept that um in my mind and would just smile and smirk and um and I've gotten really good about that. And most, I mean, I've only had, you know, 2% of all the people that's come through have said something, you know, that could be taken negative. And they probably didn't mean it negative. They just, everyone has opinions, right? Yeah. So they just wanted, they thought that, that I needed that knowledge. But for the most part, everyone has just been so supportive and thankful to be here, which makes me smile at the end of the day, even though there's hard work and I am so frugal that I would like try to figure out things on my own and you know like for instance the door access that should totally be done by a professional <laughs> I ordered this is so wrong but I called a company and asked them to give me a quote of all the things I would need for this door to work right mm-hmm. cuz I wanted every I wanted to be tech savvy you know I want everybody to have a card to beep in my door and it'd be wonderful and cutting edge and so they sent me all the quote to what I would need and then I went and separately ordered it all on the internet to patch <laughs> patch it together right and I have all these I've learned so much about computers and mag locks and stuff so uh anyway so we had to I thought it was really cool, and I bought this cloud-based program that tracks all my member entries, and if they don't pay a bill, then it locks them out. Like, And it's all integrated, and it's great, except when it doesn't work, right? And, uh-huh. and we are in a small town with Wi-Fi, and it's strictly Wi-Fi ran. But I would say that I haven't had too much trouble with Wi-Fi. There's little tech problems, and it's just with any little business that you have to work out. And luckily, all the members are wonderful about helping me work out the kinks and and not get you know too upset if something doesn't work properly um they've just it's okay Lindsay we're just calling to let you know that the door's down or whatever and so they're really sweet about helping me learn the small business as well so uh we've got the tech cutting edge tech door uh, my husband put together with lots of YouTube videos, <laughs> and I had to cook him lots of really good dinners to repay <laughs> this idea of mine to keep it frugal. But um, that's the great thing about small businesses. I've learned so much in seven months that uh, you walk into something not knowing, you're scared to death, um, no matter what training you've had professionally um, with fitness. But I always know I can go back to my passion. So whoever walks through that door, I just need to... I need to elude this passion that hopefully sinks into them and they understand the importance of exercise because I reiterate it so much with such passion. So, I mean, that's just 
you know, that's kind of where the idea derived from. And I, I didn't want to live in a small town that didn't have access to um, a fitness center, which I think is the absolute groundwork for, for preventative medicine. That's great. So what would you say to someone who has a dream in their heart or maybe has a business plan all written out and is just like, I don't know, you know, can I really do this? Yes. Yeah. What <laughs> advice would you have for them? Oh, my gosh. Well, um, you you really just need to go with your gut. I mean, you know, you see famous people or artists and stuff always saying just chase the dream, just keep, you know, your head down and keep going. Um, and a little bit of it, of it is true. It is so scary. And I was talking to my husband and his business partner the other day, and I thought, I said, at what point do you come, like, in business where you are you don't have a knot in your stomach all the time because you're nervous about the next membership or the next door going down? Or And they said, never. Like, Welcome <laughs> yeah. to business. And uh-huh. I was like, oh, no. Like, I'm not sure I'm cut out for <laughs> <laughs> this nervous because I'm a nervous person anyway, like we've talked about, not a risk assessor, but I also thrive off of so anticipation is my fault, I should say. Like anticipating stuff to go wrong is where I get nervous. When I'm in the moment, it's great, I can perform or whatever you want to call it. But um anticipating stuff in case you said, then that means you're a good business owner. You should never be content with your business. You know, you should always be trying to think of the next thing that you need to do or, you know, how you can reach your audience or anything like that. And so it's so true. Just make sure, like, so research is my number one thing. Like, if you are going into a speech and you're extra nervous, it's because you're probably not prepared, right? Or when we're talking about something that we don't really have knowledge of, we're always more nervous. So if it's something that you're really passionate about and that you have knowledge and you've done your research um, and the next step is literally only to do it, then the worst thing that can happen is that you close down. And so Casey, you know, he told me with business, he said, now you need to understand something with business as well. It, you do it with your head and not your heart. So, you know, and you just have to make decisions based on, you know, if you're drowning, you can't continue to say that, but you just you put your passion into something else. So um, I thought that was really good advice because I take stuff personal. Like, And so with gym memberships, we just know it's just the world where you'll see people for two weeks straight, solid, and then you won't see them again for three weeks, and you're like, why are they not coming to my, you know? And it's, <laughs> it's nothing personal. It's just like, oh, well, I've been on a cruise for three weeks. You're like, oh, like I overthought this so much. Uh-huh. But so with... With business, you know, if you've done that research and you're really passionate about it, I think just go for it. And we only have one life that we live. And that's what I said uh, to Casey that I kept going back for five years to do this. Um, And it may, you know, go for 30 years and it may I may sell it in, you know, 15 years. I don't I don't know what the future holds or what happens, but I'm living in the moment right now. I feel like I'm making a difference, which is solely what I wanted to do is bring access to to fitness and to a healthy alternative to people in a small town where people, you know, overlook or don't think that we deserve luxury items or, you know, so that's kind of the whole concept of this. 
And also be smart if you're opening a business. Like to me, my nerves and stuff, like I'm a very competitive person, but I would not open a gym in a big city where there's 50 gyms to compete with and you have to literally offer $10 memberships. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that's where the research comes in. Like be business smart. Um, don't set yourself up for, for failure before you get in. So I don't know what you can take that for what it's what it's worth, but I am, you know, I'm not that risk taker. I did not have a safety net underneath of me. And I told Casey, like, I was like, I mean, I can believe it because I believed in my gym, but like all the members that are coming in and I can pay all my bills and like, I was like, I don't know what I'd do if I, like there were only like 50 members here. Like, I don't know if I could, what I would do, uh-huh. you know? So luckily it's just working. But Casey said it's working because you're you're doing it, yeah. like you know. But for somebody that thought so hard about it for five years, and you know, you you try to talk yourself into yes, it's going to work. But in the back of your mind, there's always that little like, but what if it doesn't? Yeah, you know. But you'll never know. You'll if you never don't try. know. That's exactly yeah. right. So, and you know, last the last year of doing this, I could have been doing something else. And so that year's going to pass regardless. So you might as well do it. And Casey said he's very practical. He's like, we have an asset. We have a building. So you can sell the machines and you can sell the building if something happens. So always have, you know, be optimistic and believe in yourself, but always have that backup plan too that um, that you may have to use. Yeah. Well, and you also, I mean, you're very passionate about providing opportunities for the town. So talk about some of the other stuff you've done too because uh, I think you have great ideas, and it's obviously been very well received. Well, thank so, you. Yeah. Well, the Downtown in December event, um, as a downtown business, I want people to know that I'm not just here to fill my pockets or, you know, anything like that. More, I, I really want to be a, a community member um, and give back any way that I can. And Christmas is one of my favorite times of year. All my family makes fun of me because I'm like a walking Hallmark movie. I like I literally upgraded Sling TV for the Hallmark channel for my members through November, December, which they love. They're like, yay, Hallmark movies. And so I had this idea where, uh, no offense to mall Santas, but I just didn't want every year to be a mall Santa picture. That's not sentimental to me. And my kids love this idea and this world of imagination and it's just so incredible. So uh, Main Street Vianne, uh, I could just envision, just like I envisioned the gym for so many years, I could envision a little, we call it downtown in December, event where it was like a Hallmark movie. We have we have the great people. We have the cityscape that's beautiful of old buildings. Now I just needed somebody to organize it and rally the troops to put it together. So the date actually we came about because I wanted live reindeer, which most people were like, you are crazy. But I Googled it and there was there were ra- live reindeer in Oklahoma that you could rent. So I called this company and I said, when is your date? And they said, December 15th. And so I said, that's it. And it was perfect because it was a Saturday night. So it just was supposed to happen. So I went to city council and I pitched this crazy homework idea Uh, to them and they were all on board one was donating hot dogs one was donating little kids bikes for the grand prize like it was just all coming together perfectly which you know gives me goosebumps and uh, puts a smile on my face and it's not 
my idea. I'm just literally the rallier, right? So uh-huh. all these other people that gave, you know, a couple churches in town, one gave away free hot chocolate and had a s'more pit set up. Another one gave a bouncy house with free cotton candy. And it was a line as long as you could see of like the happiest kids on earth, right? And there's when the reindeer arrived, there were these two little boys that had been kind of lingering around town all day asking if they could help. And so I said, come here, the reindeer are here. And so they got to see the reindeer first, and they were like, oh, my gosh, they're real. And (laughs) they opened the back, and they had, like, Santa's sleigh, which was adorable. Um, And then my sister-in-law, who has the most adorable boutique just down the street from me called Morning Sky Boutique. So check it out because it is, I mean, great stuff and products and unique finds that you will not find anywhere else. Um, she works really hard to to bring that to our town. So she um, was not too keen on Christmas until this year, and I really drive, you know, drove it home. But she was over there with bells on uh, helping decorate the little Santa station, um, and we got that done in a day. My sweet husband and my crazy ideas, he went and cut down a 20-foot cedar for the town <laughs> tree, <laughs> and then other people were donating this and that. And so we had it just for two hours, and 1,200 people showed up. Um, We gave away grand prizes. The kids got anything that they wanted for free. And so that was the main thing that I told everybody that wanted to be involved is it has to be free. Uh Like, I don't want any kid to feel inferior for one night at least, you know. Uh So uh, we had a petting zoo, too. So they just got to go all through the petting zoo and pet the reindeer. And it was just the reindeer people who have been everywhere, Little Rock and San Antonio, they said they'd never had seen an event with the turnout like ours so they were just like we will come back next year you just give us a date so we were really excited so that's just one of my ways of me trying to give back to the community and thank them for supporting my dream um even though I know it's important it's it's still a dream of mine and it still uh has to pay its way and so and that doesn't happen without them coming through the doors and believing in this little small town business definitely What is it you love most about this town? Well, with every town, there's the goods and the bads, but it really is the people that make this town. If you come through Vian, Oklahoma on a Friday night football, literally the gas stations are shut down. Everything (laughs) is shut down, and everyone is at that stadium. And when the when the team loses, the town, you know, they're just heartbroken. I mean, I've seen people crying in the stands after big losses. Like, and and football, you know, just like any concerned parent, has a stigma, and it's you know statistical stuff about CTE, and you know, and so we don't want to lose this community support and drive, but we also need to to be smart about protecting our our students and can't lose sight of what's really important so with that said though I offered free yoga to all the athletes throughout the fall and the winter um, because I want them to experience something that they're not it's not all about weightlifting and running hills like I want to bring a new perspective into their into their world so you know, they were all talking trash about yoga, and then they were like, that's the hardest thing we've ever done. <laughs> and so half of them didn't show back up, but but the ones that did, they really enjoyed it, and they saw success from it. And so we're going to just keep, and it's a new concept to them, so you're just going to have to not give up and just keep providing it. But the people, they're definitely what makes this town. Anyone around that you ask from other little towns, they 
they look at Vianne and they always say that they're like, man, there's just something about Vianne. And my mother-in-law always says, don't drink the water or you're going to, you're not going to ever leave Vianne. <laughs> and she's, uh, she is the spokeswoman for Vianne, always has been the true believer. And to her, seeing new businesses open downtown is like a dream come true. She's been a grant writer. We have eight miles of mountain bike trails that we're adding another eight miles, which is going to make us world class to hold competitions. And so with that coming, I feel like we need new businesses to sustain this traffic coming through. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes the, the traffic comes before the businesses. And so we're trying to plan, but keep in perspective uh, at the same time and not overdo ourselves. So I don't know where that's you know going to go, but um, we know there's really good things in the future. And our businesses alone and the people supporting it has proven that hopefully other businesses will get inspired and, and come to town. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of opportunity here. So... Anyone out there looking for a good place to start a business? This That's might right. be a good place we to We are consider. looking for <laughs> yeah. a grocery store, a convenience store. No, but we do have a list of things that we think, because there's a huge lake traffic through Vianne. So Lake Tenkiller is a huge recreational lake, beautiful. And I cannot even tell you, on a Friday afternoon, like the whole main street will be just jam-packed with cars and boats coming. And then on Sundays they leave and they come back on Friday. So there's so much opportunity to to help uh, pull in those even those tax dollars for our school systems and stuff like that that we're really wanting to do. Oklahoma is not a great state for proponents of education and paying teachers high and, and stuff like that. So um, we lose momentum when it comes to trying to draw new businesses because the quality of life doesn't seem right. But if you have a small town like this that rallies together and doesn't worry about the bigger picture of the state because our teachers are the best around. I mean, my pre-K teacher texts me all the time about Henry or, you know, so uh-huh. there's that's kind of one of the positives that live in a small town that um, people may misperceive about living in one of these small towns. Mm-hmm. Well, and you kind of mentioned, too, like these people aren't paid the best, and so they're really doing it because they love it. And Absolutely. so that says something about the quality of teachers you're getting is they're not doing it for the money. They're doing it because they love it. It's exactly right. They, you know, they could move literally 35 miles down the road to Fort Smith, Arkansas, and almost increase their salary by 25 to 35 percent. And they choose not to, you mm-hmm. know. And so that says something. So as a business person, you want to keep as much money as you can here to give those tax dollars to the school, to give them resources to teach our kids. I mean, at one time, um, and this may have upgraded, our school system was using uh, 11-year-old textbooks. And so that puts us at a disadvantage in the world. Sure. But a lot of that happens at home. But at the same time, we have to think about the perspective of other kids that may not have the opportunity to get lessons at home or taught at home or have access to Wi-Fi that they can, you know, expand that knowledge. So uh, we see a lot of that here in Vianne. So a lot of us business owners also keep that in perspective of, and that's kind of the downtown in December event. And, you know, the mountain bike trails, they're all free to the public. And my mother-in-law also built a three-mile walking trail. So, you know, if somebody maybe can't afford a gym membership now, there's still opportunity to get healthy, which 
is my main concern is just find whatever you like to do and just do it until you can until you can reach that optimal health. Well, what's next for the field house and for you? Yeah, so um, since we've had such good feedback, obviously with memberships, uh, we are going to start. So I, where I come from in Iowa, we have something called the rec center. And I basically grew up there, right? They had a pool and a, a basketball court and all that kind of stuff. But, and I, I played pickup games all the time there. But when I was a little kid, I just remember running around there. And so I obviously can't have eight-year-olds running around my gym. But I want to be kind of the community rec center. So this summer, we're going to hold CPR classes, which I think is essential for every single person to know. Yeah. So, I mean, from teenagers to, you know, middle-aged people, everybody. So that may be something that they didn't have access to or didn't even think about wanting to know. So we're going to have CPR classes. We're going to add um, a little toddler tumbling series to kind of get that healthy lifestyle going in our younger generation. We hold self-defense classes for women, especially in today's world. We just need to know how to protect ourselves. And also we get some exercise out of it. We're going to hold line dancing classes. And these are things I don't even think about because, you know, I have like what I like to do and I try to try to encompass everybody else's wants. But like line dancing, I never thought of until a lady the other day, she's like, will you please have? And I was like, I will have line dancing classes. So I'm totally open to the, and I, the problem with small towns is finding teachers, right? Because sure. yeah. um, you know, it's just it's just difficult to find. But luckily, right now we have wonderful instructors that you know some some of them drive twenty miles one way to teach a yoga class. Like you can't get that anywhere else. And she is like as passionate as I am about the field house. That's how she is about yoga. Like she thinks everybody needs to do it, and it's going to be you know the greatest thing. And I believe her, and she does such a good job. Um, but so we have, you know, that's the, the main hurdle is finding people to suit everybody's needs. But we try our very best to do it. Um, we're going to continue being engaged in the community. There's a Lake Vian trail run that's coming up that is the inaugural year um, and is going to run through the bike trails that we just had built. And that's going to be huge. They said there's over 200 registered runners already. And so that's going to expose them to our little town and our other businesses and hope to, to bring in that revenue that we um, could always use. Um, lake season's coming up. So we're going to do stuff called destination yoga where we do sunrise yoga where we find a beautiful spot. Eastern Oklahoma is one of the most gorgeous places you'll ever visit and really do that yoga class when the sun is rising and the fog is lifting. So uh, we're going to just try to create this environment for people that may have not even thought that it was possible to be here, that they enjoy it and they find something that they can do that is going to transition into a healthy lifestyle, but also something that they look forward to doing. Well, how do we follow along and keep up with everything that you have going on? Yes. Well, I'm obviously on all the social media sites, Instagram, and it's Fieldhouse OK uh, on Instagram. And then Facebook is just the Fieldhouse. So I also put on stuff like, you know, healthy eating tips and hit exercises that you can do at home um, because I want with the lifestyle gym, I want that to transition to home, too. Right. Mm -hmm. So I know everybody it's not feasible to get down here seven days a week. But if you can get down here three days a week and do two days a week at home, then that's wonderful. So it's a great opportunity to follow along there and just be a great resource for um, exercise tips and eating tips and stretching tips. So I just try to 
put as much information out there because knowledge is one of the greatest things that we can have as a person. That's great. Lindsay, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Well, I'm so glad that you came to the field house. You don't know how much it means to me to be able to talk about my passion and show you this is like my fourth baby, the field house. So for someone to come and compliment it and enjoy it um, like you have has meant the absolute world to me. So I appreciate what you do as well, uh, where you're diving into these rural communities. And that's the greatest thing ever. All these stories that are being told by you you know, sacrificing your time to drive all over to, to get the real, real stories is amazing. So thank you. You're welcome. And you and so many other people are just so encouraging to me. And I love what you have going on here. So, and we'll have to road trip back to Iowa because yeah, yeah. <laughs> did we just become best friends? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Podcast number two coming your way on the road to okay. Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I love not only what Lindsay is doing with her business, but also what she's doing for her town and how she's helping to shift that mindset about the real value of a gym membership. When I came to interview Lindsay, she introduced me to several other businesses and business owners around town, and I love what's going on in Vianne. So all week long, we're featuring stories of rural revival happening in Vianne on our blog and on social media. So be sure to go check those out at ruralrevival.co. And if you're someone like Lindsay with dreams for your small business and are ready to put those dreams into action, join us for the Rural Revival Mastermind in Pahuska, Oklahoma on May 12th through 15th, 2019. We're bringing together a community of rural entrepreneurs ready to drive big results and impact in their businesses and lives. You can find all the details at ruralrevival.co slash mastermind. Huge thanks to Lindsay for being on the podcast and thanks to you for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Have a great day, everybody.